passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Go Balls 247 podcast, a breaking news edition because Brian Callahan, Tennessee football has picked up yet another commitment. They just continue to stay red hot on the recruiting trail. It's been a pretty good spring for Tennessee, and, and the Vols continue that uh, by landing class of 2024 safety Edries Farouk uh, from uh, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, uh, a longtime Tennessee target who's been to, to Knoxville uh, I guess four times now since October um, and, and was impressed each time he was there, you know, pretty much after each visit, he, he's talked about Tennessee being one of his favorites. If not, if not the leader, he essentially called them his leader after he was back in town in January for Tennessee's uh, first junior day of the year. So uh, this, this has clearly been a situation where, where Tennessee was, was one of the teams to beat for a while now, but you know, 30 offers uh, a guy that's, you know, definitely got got an, an impressive enough offer list that this is a this is a nice pickup for Tennessee. I think out of a out of a talent filled program up there at St. Francis that Tennessee recruits pretty heavily, and uh, and, and yeah, again a guy that Tennessee offered a, a while back and and clearly has had its sight set on for for quite some time. You know, five feet eleven, one hundred eighty pounds, pretty pretty solid speed, a, a lot to like about him on film. So. Uh, yeah, one of those that, that people certainly uh, I don't think are caught off guard by the fact that he's ending up at Tennessee. Uh, they, they've been in good shape with him for a while. But uh, again, a, a nice early pickup for Tennessee to to go ahead and, and lock up a guy like this by the end of the spring, just kind of continuing uh, this recent momentum that they've uh, built over the past several weeks with a, a really impressive turnout throughout spring practice and then being able to get some of these guys to go ahead and jump in the class, you know, before the summer, which is not always easy to do. Yeah, why do you think Edries Farouk felt comfortable picking Tennessee? Yeah, just, you know, I think each time he was there, uh, he, he kind of just came away impressed by a lot of the same things. He liked that uh, it was, you know, close enough to home that, uh, you know, it's not uh, not so far away that, that he couldn't get, uh, his, his parents couldn't get to him or he couldn't get home uh, very, you know, in, in a fairly timely manner if he needed to, if something came up, but uh, but it's also not just staying home. It's in the SEC. It feels comfortable to him. He, you know, he basically just said it checks all the boxes uh, of everything he's he's been looking for in a school, and obviously the chance to play in the SEC and uh, and and at a at a program like Tennessee that's that's clearly on the way up in his mind. It, it's uh, you know it really kind of gave him everything he was hoping to find. So uh, it seemed like a natural fit. You know, he, he visited for the first time back in October. Uh, for the UT Martin game, you know, and, and even just a game like that, you know, it was coming off that win over Alabama, but it was still a homecoming game against an FCS opponent at the end of the day. And even after that, you know, he was, he was pretty blown away by just seeing the game day experience at Tennessee. And that was his 
you know, first time ever on campus and he, and he just had glowing reviews about it and, you know, came back in January and liked it. Uh, and, and then just has, has continued to be impressed each time uh, he's been there, including April 1st, he was back in town for the, uh, for, for the ball's first spring scrimmage. Uh, and then coming back in town for the, uh, for the orange and white game kind of, kind of helped him seal the deal. So, you know, we're, we're definitely one of those that, uh, again, I think Tennessee has led for a while, probably some other teams have been in the picture, you know, 30 or so offers, but, um, but yeah, Tennessee just always kind of felt like a place he gravitated toward um, since that very first visit uh, back in October. And, you know, Tennessee, again, is I think had him pretty high on its safety board for, for quite some time. So it just seemed like a good fit, I think for both sides. Yeah. On, on the flip side of that, why do you think Tennessee had him so high on his safety board or on their safety board? Obviously, uh, St. Francis Academy is is quite the the school when it comes to football talent, so that bodes well for Tennessee. And and you touched it; they've they've tapped into that pipeline at times. But uh, what about Farouk? Does Tennessee like it, and why was he so high on their board? Yeah, I think just a, a pretty good overall athlete. You know, I, I wouldn't say elite speed, but uh, but plays with good speed. I think I think he plays fast and 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 shows good closing speed in a lot of situations at the safety position. Definitely a willing tackler and, and and willing to hit despite not being the 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 biggest safety. You know he's not a two hundred five pound guy. He plays he's probably closer to one eighty or one eighty five right now. Um, so so not a not a big safety in that sense. So so probably more of a modern type safety where you've got the build to to be able to defend well in the passing passing game. But but a more than willing tackler. So he's he's almost at his best. You would say. Um, you know, in the box and kind of coming downhill. That, that's that's where he seems to be most comfortable right now. But also, plenty versatile enough to to make good plays in the passing game. Uh, just just kind of a well rounded skill set, I think. But definitely shows uh, a, a willingness to hit and, and and make good plays near the line of scrimmage to where he, I, I think, is going to fit right in and, and uh, the kind of attacking type of defense that Tim Banks likes to run at Tennessee, being being aggressive wherever possible. So. It seems like a nice fit uh, in, in that sense, and, uh, and and kind of a you know just a smart player on the field. So I, I think once Tennessee got to know him as well, it seemed like a comfortable fit. That the type of guy uh, that, that would fit well into their culture and in their system. So uh, yeah, I think, I think Tennessee again just you know there's plenty to like on film coming from a a program like St. Francis. And one one of the benefits of recruiting kids from St. Francis is you get you get some some good evaluations on film sometimes because of the competition they face. They they play a national schedule kind of like IMG Academy. Um, you know they're they're not really staying in state around there. They go all over the place to play people. And uh, when when you do that, you face some good competition. And so so the fact that he's able to make some plays against the kinds of schedules they face at at St. Francis, uh, I think that that bodes pretty well for his ability to to translate to the SEC and and, and be a factor at safety at Tennessee. Yeah, and, and this is a significant pickup for Tennessee for two reasons. A, they believe that he's a talented young prospect in, in the secondary, and, and Tennessee needs uh, secondary help as as they look to to rebuild the the defensive back room. But on the other hand, he also has a teammate that, that is just as talented, if not more talented, that, that also appears to be high on Tennessee's board. And, and a guy whose name is maybe even more fun to say than Edries Farouk, uh, Ify Obadegwu. Uh, the four-star cornerback uh, in, in the 2024 class. And those guys have previously visited Tennessee together each time they've been. It's worth noting that the St. Francis guys, at least a lot of them, tend to go around on, on kind of group visits. Um, so each time when they were there in October, when they were at Tennessee in January, when they were back on April 1st for the first spring scrimmage, 
they were all there with teammates. And, uh, and so the, these guys have, you know, been to a lot of the same schools before. And that the idea of playing together is probably not at the forefront of their thought process. I don't think it's the type of situation where they're looking to go to the same school. They, they haven't necessarily had the same top choices throughout the process, but uh, I think the idea of playing together at Tennessee is at least on their radar. So uh, now that Tennessee has Farouk in its class, uh, you know, they can certainly try to use that connection to try to, to, to sell Obadegu on, on joining him at Tennessee. So uh, that's at least one angle to this. You know, I, I definitely don't think, you know, people definitely shouldn't have the thought that, that that was even part of the calculus for Tennessee in, in deciding to go after and, and take Edris Farouk. But I, I do think that's a, at least an added bonus to this is that um, Obadegu is one of those higher ranked corners that Tennessee has been involved with pretty heavily that they've been among the favorites to land in recent months. Uh, you know, as of the recording of this podcast, I would say it's a, it's kind of a Tennessee Oregon battle at the moment for Obadegu. It looks like he's going to wait until the summer in all likelihood to make a decision and, and we'll probably take an official visit to Tennessee in June. So that that's, that's one where, you know, Tennessee now has a connection there to try, to try to continue to work that angle and, and see if they can convince Obadegu to, to join his teammate and, and friend there at, at, at Tennessee. So it's uh it's an added bonus, not some, not something that's you know guaranteed to impact uh, Obadegu's decision, but I think it is at least a plus for Tennessee that they can try to capitalize on that connection and, and, uh, and maybe end up with a pair of teammates at Tennessee. Yeah. And as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, Tennessee trying to, to rebuild its secondary and they they have certainly signed and and brought in through the transfer portal several players the the last two classes and we'll see what the the secondary looks like at the end of this upcoming season but it it feels like Tennessee is in a spot to where you you can't really take too many defensive backs at this point until you you have completely revamped and and, and you do have several players back there that that you can trust to play high level SEC football consistently. So this is the first safety commitment in this class. I believe he's the third defensive back overall as they've they've picked up two corners along the way so far. It, it seems pretty obvious that in addition to the offensive line, the secondary is probably the area of most importance. Is is that fair to say based off of how they can continue to recruit the secondary despite already bringing in several several players the last two years yeah it's it's definitely up there on the on the list of positions i mean there there are several that they still need to uh to patch up going in in the 2024 class you know tight end is a big one where they you know they need at least two tight ends in this class with only uh right now only one scholarship tight end set to be back next year and that's ethan davis the true freshman uh so that's a big position of need uh, you know, wide receiver. I would say they need to sign three or four, maybe in the in the 2024 class. After only taking a couple, really, uh, in in the 2023 class. So they uh, they've got some other needs uh, that are maybe just as pressing, if not more so, than than the secondary. But numbers wise, I think Tennessee plans to continue to to heavily address the secondary. It's a it's an important position. You can you can expect to see turnover there um, most off seasons because you just you have so many bodies these days at a any position group and that's just such an important spot because you're playing five or six dbs most of the time these days and, and you need as many bodies there as you can get and as, as tennessee showed last year you know dealing with some injuries at the cornerback position you you just can't have enough depth so uh it's, it's one of those spots where tennessee you know still has to continue to get better and, and bring in more guys and 
And I think their plan right now is to sign at least five, maybe six defensive backs in this class. You know, we'll see how that plays out in the coming months, but I definitely think Tennessee is in a, in a pretty good spot so far, having, having Caleb Beasley and Marcus Scoria at, at cornerback committed and now starting with Edries Farouk at safety. Uh, that's, that's a very good start, especially when you look at the number of names still left out there for Tennessee, you know, it, it, Boo Carter in state and a bunch of out of state guys as well that could fit into that secondary picture there. They're, they're in a pretty good spot to, to already have three guys committed at this, at this point in the 2024 class. To go away from Edries Farouk for a moment, do want to ask you about Caleb Beasley and Boo Carter. Uh, Caleb Beasley is is one that seems to enjoy the recruiting process and has taken other visits that, that make you raise your eyebrow. If you're a Tennessee fan, what, where do you feel like Tennessee is with him being committed in this class? And, and then also Boo Carter, you mentioned it. Is is he a guy? Do you think that Tennessee for sure wants in the secondary, or, or are they still kind of playing that by ear? And that's one of those situations where the, they'll get him here, and then whether it's spring practice or, or fall camp, they'll, they'll kind of go from there, position wise. Yeah, I, I think t- Tennessee has still wanted Boo Carter uh, as a defensive back throughout the uh, throughout the process. They they've liked him uh, as a as a possible safety or nickel. I think most likely, if, if you had to guess, is his future positions, you know, Tennessee's nickels practice with the safeties. Uh, so that that's kind of the one, one in the same in Tennessee's defense a lot of times, but they, I think see him as a, as a projected safety right now. And that's, that's interesting to, to a lot of people, you know, especially Ohio state and um, you know, even Miami, which is not a, not a favorite, but some of those other big programs that have been involved with, with Boo Carter have seen him as an offensive player, uh, Ohio state recruiting him as a running back. I think Miami kind of saw him the same way. It's kind of split down the middle between the, the the top contenders for Boo Carter right now, with uh, as far as whether they see him as an offensive or defensive player. So that that's still one where I think Tennessee has an idea in its head right now, but it could always change because he is that versatile of of, a, of an athlete that could really go either way. So it's it still could be one of those things that's subject to change, but they've been pretty consistent in, in pointing to the secondary as where he's likely to start off and. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes if Tennessee is able to land him. That's another one that, you know, again, you're probably going to have to wait till the summer. It looks like that's a July decision as of right now uh, for Boo Carter. So even though Tennessee's been in good shape for a while there, uh, they're going to have to wait that one out at least a, a couple more months to to see how things play out. But Tennessee's still in a good spot there. So yeah, when you throw when you throw in him, and then you know Tennessee's still still kind of big game hunting at that position as well, it, just across the secondary. But you know Georgia. Uh, highly ranked Georgia commitment, uh, DeMello Jones out of Georgia, already has scheduled an official visit to Tennessee for, for the month of June. You know, they've got some other guys like that that are still very much in play. Ricardo Jones, a highly ranked safety target out of Georgia who's liked Tennessee for a while. So uh, when you talk about trying to take a pretty big DB class, Tennessee's in a, a pretty good spot to, to be able to do that. Uh, you know, some years that's not always been the case. This year, I think Willie Martinez, Tim Banks, and that staff have done a really nice job of uh, of being able to to kind of cast a wide net and, and get a lot of these guys interested with the help of what Tennessee accomplished on the field last season, of course. But uh, they they've done a nice job of of getting a lot of guys on campus and, and setting up a lot of possibilities. Uh, Emilio Agard out of Philadelphia, another one that Tennessee is 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 heavily in the mix for. They've been in his top five for a while. He's got an official visit scheduled for June, so um, they they've got a, a a nice number of options still out there. Uh, in the 2024 class to continue adding to to what they already have. And, and what was your uh, your other question at the start of that? Not just Boo, you asked about somebody else. Beasley. 
Beasley, yes. Uh, Tennessee's still in, in pretty good shape, I think, to be able to to hold on to him. You know, he's continued taking other visits, but it's not such a concern at this point that I think Tennessee should view him as a major flight risk, and I, I don't think they do at this point. Um, Notre Dame and, and probably Auburn uh, would be the two biggest threats to Tennessee right now, maybe. But um, and, and he's taken those other visits this spring, but it doesn't sound like it's you know you can always be misled on things like this with with guys committed to 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 one school, but it certainly doesn't seem like there's anything serious enough on uh, on the other side with those other schools to where Tennessee is is in serious danger of losing Caleb Beasley anytime soon. So. It's maybe one of those situations that still could play out in, in the coming months if he decides to take official visits to some of those other schools. But right now it looks like I think Tennessee is likely to hold on to him. If I had to guess right now, you know, I think he's always liked the idea of staying in state and wants to make sure he keeps his options open just because he committed so early. And I think I, I always think some kids don't fully realize what you're kind of closing the door on when you commit so early. I don't think they realize how much the recruiting process can change that final year. And I think once schools kind of ramp up the heat in the in the recruiting process, you just you want to hear what they have to say. You want to keep taking visits. So I think he's the kind of guy that just wants to make sure he's not not closing any doors too soon and, and verify everything. But I think at the end of the day, it's still hard to see him anywhere other than Tennessee as of right now. Edries Farouk has committed to Tennessee. Ryan Callahan, Ben McKee here breaking down his commitment, and there's still plenty more to discuss. But first, we do need to catch a break. So we we will be back here in just a moment on the Go Vols 247 podcast. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back into the Go Vols 247 podcast. I am Ben McKee, joined by Ryan Callahan. Before we continue our conversation about Ed Rees Farouk from St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland, committing to Tennessee, would like to remind you and encourage you to go like, rate, and review the podcast wherever you do get your podcast. We would greatly appreciate that. Ryan, we mentioned it in the first segment. Edries Farouk is Tennessee's first safety commitment, and you did a great job of detailing uh, other defensive back targets in in general. Uh, but narrowing it down to the safety board, 
where where do you think Tennessee is at after this commitment and 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 how many in terms of numbers safeties do you see them bringing in it, it seems like two would be a good number given the way they've recruited that position the last couple of years yeah that, that's that'll be an interesting uh question here because I I think there still could be some flexibility on that I think like with most DB classes Tennessee would like to shift a little more of the numbers toward the corner position because you which I think is always smart in this day and age, especially because sometimes you get guys on campus and, and corner just doesn't work out for one reason or another, whether it's the speed, they outgrow it, um, or maybe they just have a, a, a better opportunity to get on the field at safety so that you, you can have more uh, more variance at that position than at some others, uh, especially since Tennessee recruits so many guys who are really capable of playing almost anywhere in the secondary. They don't recruit many DBs that you would look at and say, okay, he's just a corner or he's just a safety. So when you have that much crossover, I think you want to lean a little more toward the corner side. And so I think ideally if you were projecting, say, a 6 DB class, you would probably go four corners, two safeties, uh, just to to sort of make sure you're covered at corner in case one of those guys ends up being a safety. Um, it, it's interesting with a guy like Boo Carter because he could, you know, long-term, it's always, there's always a possibility he could be a nickel. Uh, you, you don't know exactly where he's going to fit in, but you know, the fact that he is under six feet uh, ha- has the skill set he does. I, I could see him being a, a, an option there. So if he's a, if he's a nickel or safety though, you know, that that's got to factor into it because that's a guy that you would think Tennessee is in pretty good sh- uh, shape with right now. And yet they've got the Ricardo Jones and, and other type uh, of options out there at safety right now. So I, I could see Tennessee going either three and three or four and two if they end up with uh, with, with six DBs in this class. So there's no there's no guarantee it's just two, but but I think the the ideal scenario would be you know a little more focused on corner, uh, not not just loading up on safety. So we'll we'll see how that how that plays out though. They've got some some interesting options and some some guys. You know, you, there's even like Demello Jones that I mentioned before. He, he's rated as a safety on 24/7 Sports. I think that's where Georgia maybe sees him playing, but some other schools like Tennessee might think he's more of a corner. So there's still some some guys like that out there who, who are kind of maybe either or, uh, depending on who you ask. So uh, that, that always could factor into it too. But, yeah, Tennessee I, I think has some good options out there and could kind of go either way with that just depending on maybe who the best player available is. And for once, they're in a position to maybe take just the best player available in the secondary, just knowing they need some DB depth. But, you know, if, you, if you've got a chance to land some top players at one position or the other, Maybe just take what's available and, and, and see what's the kind of the best combination of guys you can get back there. Well, I don't think that there's a, a wrong number for defensive backs that you can bring in in any class because, you know, when you sit down and think about it, the, the defensive back position, the, the secondary as a whole has become one of the more important positions on the recruiting trail because of what football has become, especially at the college level. You're seeing less three linebacker formations and and more five and and or I should say six and seven defensive back formations. More defensive backs are are on the field because of how open and 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 spread out offenses are nowadays with, with various passing attacks and offenses like Josh Heupel. Uh, so I, I don't think there's a wrong number for how many defensive backs Tennessee can bring in because of that that simple fact that more defensive backs are playing nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's that's something every school in the country has to has to worry about. But you know, as as the SEC even becomes more uh, pass happy and more wide open these days, you, you've got to you've got to take that into consideration. And uh, and yeah, that's you know again where Tennessee 
they're, they're always playing five DBs. That's pretty much their, their base defense these days is the nickel. And, uh, and, and yeah, like last year when you had some, when you had some injuries, you, you've got to have depth. Uh, and there, and there's, there's just going to be turnover too. I think at that position, um, you know, you can see guys getting, um, getting early playing time and on special teams and things like that. But you, know, you the defensive backs expect to get on the field early a lot of times. And when you bring in as many bodies as, as you can tend to have in the secondary, uh, you guys are going to get frustrated sometimes and, and maybe leave early. So you just got to keep bringing in guys knowing that you're occasionally going to lose one or two in the secondary. That's just going to happen just like in a lot of spots these days. And even though you play more in the, in the secondary, maybe than you, than you do at other positions, um, guys still expect to get on the field. So, so you've got to kind of expect to sign big classes there. Um, with one of the reasons being that you play five DBs all the time, but also just knowing that, that you're going to have some attrition in, in Tennessee, I think is you know, what we'll see this spring, how it plays out. They might have some this spring coming out of spring practice, but, uh, but yeah, that you're, you're going to always have some there. And, and I think Tennessee knows that they, uh, that they've got to keep bringing in talent. They did a good job in the 2023 class, but even, even in that class, you know, that didn't patch up all the holes on the roster back there. And for that matter, they lost Sylvester Smith there at the last minute to Auburn. That was, you know, a class that was supposed to be six DBs, the way it was shaping up down the stretch ended up being just five. So if they end up taking six this year, I, I think there's still a need for that. And, and they obviously need to continue to, uh, to improve the talent level, which I think is the most important thing. They're on track to, to improve the talent level across the board with this secondary class. Uh, Another thing worth mentioning that, you know, I, I kind of touched on the position versatility of, of some of these DBs. You know, I think Tennessee already has that a little bit. Um, you, you talk to people about Marcus Gorey. You know, he's played safety in high school. Even Tennessee's recruiting him as a corner. I absolutely think he has the speed to play corner, but he's got a big enough frame that it's not out of the question. Maybe he ends up at safety in the long run. I, I don't think that's likely as of right now, but it's always a possibility. Uh, Caleb Beasley, I've talked with some people that think he could play safety. That's not unusual to have safety or have corners that could project as safety down the road, but it's just kind of a reminder. You've got to keep recruiting at that position. And that's why you want to stack up corners as much as possible uh, in a class like this. So, so when you're trying to sign a six DB class, I, I think you want to go a little bit corner heavy because you just don't know which, if any of those guys might end up kind of gravitating towards safety as they, as they add weight and, and get into a college program. So we'll, we'll see how all that goes, but yeah, you've got to keep bringing in numbers there and be ready for the, the the spread offenses you're going to face throughout college football. Last thing before we get out of here, Ryan, over the last couple of weeks, Tennessee has really hit the offensive line position hard. They've really hit the the, the secondary hard, as, as we have discussed, uh, several defensive back commitments, including a 2025, but uh, still that, that position has, has still been an emphasis of late. Uh, they, they've added their quarterback to the class, what what positions do you kind of see being addressed over the next couple of weeks? And I realize that you know it, it it's a a calendar type of event in in terms of recruiting. Like you're you're not going to fulfill your class within just a couple of weeks. Uh, but what dominoes do do you see beginning to fall over these next couple of weeks at other positions? Yeah, well, we'll we'll see about that. You know, that um, obviously the transfer portal might be when you look at just the next couple of weeks might be the next uh, some of the next dominoes to fall. A lot of the guys that have have waited this long might wait until the summer uh, to announce their decisions. But there there are some other possibilities out there. I I, I look at the defensive line as one where where Tennessee could uh, could use a first domino falling, and they're they're in good shape with with some guys. 
um, that, um, you know, Jeremiah's heard and some of those guys where I think Tennessee could, um, could be closing in on some of those players, but, you know, does some of them still want to wait until the summer uh, to make decisions? That's the case from a lot of players these days. So we'll have to wait and see about that, but there, there are a lot of positions. They, they still are, uh, are waiting on an answer from, from Max LeBlanc as of the time of this, uh, this recording, the four-star tight end from, from Baylor school in Chattanooga. We know he's closing in on a decision, Tennessee battling Ohio state there. I think primarily at this point, from what we've heard, Ohio state, if I had to guess as of right now might have the slightest of edges, but, uh, but Tennessee's still very much in that one. So uh, we'll see where that goes tight end. As we mentioned before, even though they have Jonathan Eccles committed very much a position of need for Tennessee in this class, needing at least two, maybe even three tight ends in the 2024 class, depending on maybe whether they add a tight end from the transfer portal to provide some depth this year. Um, so they, they've got a lot of positions where you still could see some, some dominoes falling before the summer, but uh, you know, I think a lot of guys at this point are kind of geared more toward the summer unless something changes. So, uh, but Hey, Tennessee's in a really good spot, you know, uh, to have this many commitments already approaching double digits by the end of the, uh, the spring, this is a, this is a nice spot to be in. And this, this kind of just, uh, is a reflection of the, the progress Tennessee has made on the field and, and they're, you know, they're clearly at a healthy spot in their recruiting. When you start getting this many early commitments, um, that's a sign that you're, you're getting good players on campus. You're, you're, you're building strong relationships. In, in most cases, they've been recruiting these guys for a long time before they committed. You know, they're, they're, they're in a very good spot going into the summer. They're not, they're not going to have to scramble to fill spots this summer. You know, as, as the class starts to fill in, they're going to be making healthy choices about, okay, who's the best player we can get at each of these positions to fill in around this nice foundation that we already have going into the summer. So uh, this, this is a very healthy spot to be in. And frankly, about the, about the highest commitment total I can remember Tennessee having at this point in the year uh, with maybe the exception of the COVID year when things just went crazy as soon as things <laughs> shut down for Tennessee that year. Uh, and that was obviously an unusual situation. So for Tennessee to be in this good of a spot uh, by the end of April, uh, very impressive uh, the, the progress they've made in, in recruiting over the past couple of years. Ryan, appreciate you filling us in on Ed Reese Farouk's decision to commit to Tennessee. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Ben. He's Ryan Callahan. I'm Ben McKee. This has been another edition of the Go Vols 247 podcast. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.